Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Sounds good. All right, whatever you thought about the Preds coming into this season, throw it into the wayside because we need to push reset. We need to push reset on this entire Preds team because what we just saw was one of the most exciting Preds regular season wins we've seen in a very, very long time. This is instant reaction for episode 79 of Catfish on Ice with Chad Minton and Rich Al. Rich, you've got some crazy, amazed looks on your face right now. How are you doing tonight, man? I, I'm speechless. Like, who is this team? I mean, the shame, amazing. Oh, gosh, man. This well, so exciting. We're, to, we're about to break down this entire game. It just ended. Uh, Duchesne just won it in overtime against the highly proclaimed St. Louis Blues, which I've tried to tell you, Rich, they're not as good as you think they are. We're going to get into our battle for the Central Power Rankings. Don't sound so upset about it. But, no, it was a great game. It was. No, it was, yeah. I mean, this this is why we love hockey, because that game was, you couldn't look away. Could not. You couldn't even like find time to go to the bathroom. I found myself like needing to needing to take a restroom break, and it's like I might miss something. That's that. It was one of those games. Did you say your dog was chewing on something? Yeah, my dog was like, I heard something. (laughs) (laughs) Turned out it was something he got in the yard. It was like he's got like a million toys that he gets out of the yard. But literally, I didn't even care. I'm like, you could be chewing on my brand new. Uh, $80 work shoes. I gotta watch this game right now. But uh, yeah, that wow. was the type. That was the type of game we just watched. Not to mention they also won against the Dallas Stars last night. So what about the these last 24 hours that the Preds have given us? They are really making some things happen right now. And it, and I'm telling you, the buzz on the Preds has been pretty weak. Through the first part yes, of the season, you're right. there hasn't Absolutely. been a lot of excitement. There hasn't been a lot of intrigue. You're not seeing a lot of stuff out there on them. But guess what? That's all about to change after so. these last two games. People are going to start getting really, really interested in this team. I, there's a lot going on in sports right now with the Titans, with uh, all this different stuff that's going on. But people are about to start taking notice of this Preds team, especially so. after what they did tonight. Yes, Lindsay chiming in. She's what's very up, happy. Lindsay? How are you? She said, "Big save, Dave." All yes, I bet she, she so, me. Like, so hey, uh, so, so Lindsay, big save, Dave earned his nickname tonight. I'm gonna tell you what, Dave Riddick. I I'm I'm gonna be full disclosure and say I was a little worried, but. Man, that dude, he's on his game. He played a really good game. 
Yes. All right. Amazing. So let's let's let everyone know what we're getting into for episode seventy nine tonight of Catfish on Ice. We've got to react to this game. Full breakdown. Everything that just happened. It just ended. Preds win 4-3 in overtime. We've got to talk a little bit about the Dallas Stars game as well. We're going to get into Rocco Grimaldi, who was waived mm. today. Not, I wouldn't call it a surprising thing, but Just for it to happen. But still, when you see it, you're like, whoa. Like, all right, so Rocco Grimaldi's waived. We'll have to wait and see if he clears waivers tomorrow. He might still stick with the team. I feel like it's a 50-50 call. We're going to give our instant reaction to that as well. We've got to get into our battle for the Central Power Rankings. Every Thursday, we do our Power Rankings of the Division. And it's Thursday, and we are going – definitely what just happened with the Preds is going to affect those rankings, I think. So, Rich, Rich, if you did your rankings this morning, you better start changing them right now. I did them (laughs) about three or four hours ago. All right, well, I think think they're going to change. They're outdated. They're going to change. They're a little outdated, right? Matt Duchesne yeah, is continuing his uh, hot start. And guess what? You got to download the episode tomorrow if you're watching the stream right now. But we oh, had yeah. Rob we had Rob Reese of NHL.com, fantasy editor. Also, he's a regular guest on NHL Network, and he has the NHL Fantasy on Ice podcast. He joined us for a segment. I cannot wait for everyone to hear that interview. Yes. He was so kind enough to jump on and join our podcast can't thank him enough for that that's going to be at the end of this episode you got to download the podcast tomorrow when we drop the full episode if you're watching the stream right now and good news for you if you're listening to the podcast right now on the next day all you got to do is keep listening the the interview is coming at the end of this episode we are we are presented by DraftKings, and we are part of the hockey podcast network so Let's get into this right now. Let's 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 talk about what's on all, all of our minds right now. This game, the Preds Man. beat the Blues four to three. I can tell you right now, I will be totally honest. I did not think they were going to win this game, even going into it before the puck dropped. I'm like, I just don't think this is in the cards. I don't think the Preds are going to have enough gas in the tank. They're on a six game road trip right now, and now that you're asking them to turn around on a back to back after playing a Gutsy, Very physical, gutsy. physical team like the Dallas Stars last night. Mm-hmm. Now they, they got in late to St. Louis, and you got to turn around. And David Riddick's got to come in and play his first game in a Preds uniform after coming back from the COVID protocol list. It just everything was stacked against them for this to be a very rough game. And then they fall behind two to nothing early. It's uh, onslaught. The Blues are clamping down in the zone. You're, you're starting to hope and pray that Riddick doesn't get chased out of the game and they don't have to bring Soros in or something crazy like that. Right. And what, what do you know? Finish it off, Maury Rich. What did the Preds do? What did they do? First off, they were going up against, I mean, the Blues. I know Preds fans don't care for the Blues that much. I personally don't care for them that much, but you got to give them props. They're one of the better teams in the NHL. Uh, massive power play team. Um yeah, when the Preds went down 2 nothing, I was I was getting a little worried. Um, I was like, man, this is going to turn ugly if they don't do something quick. And, man, what do you know? Second period rolls around, and Matt Duchesne, 17 seconds into the period, scores a goal, puts him up – or puts Blues up 1-2. So, just yep. got more – just got, keep getting more exciting after that. It's awesome. So cool. I'm so happy. Uh, 
What I really love about this game is that the Preds are showing that they're they're doing what good teams do, which is yes. every even the great teams are going to have bad periods. Even the great teams are going to have really ugly starts, especially on a back to back on a six game road trip like the Preds are on right now. And guess what the Preds did? They didn't let the game get so far out of reach that they couldn't nope. come back. And I kept that in the back of my head when I was watching this game. I still didn't have any confidence. I, I didn't feel – I didn't feel, I'll be honest, I didn't feel strong about it. But I still felt like, you know what, it's 2 nothing, And it's the first period. Yeah. They can make some adjustments, hopefully. And, and the only reason why I kept a little shred of confidence was because Riddick was actually – Making the critical saves to keep it from being four to nothing. Honestly, yeah, it really was. It could have yeah. easily been three to nothing, four to nothing. I mean, the Blues were just onslaughting the Preds yeah. early on. The Preds couldn't complete a pass. They couldn't break out of their zone. They sure as hell couldn't get any type of offensive pressure. They could test Bennington. That's how this game opened up. It was looking like. This game yeah. is going to be a snoozer for Preds fans. We're going to have to turn this game off early, get a get get to bed early so that we don't have to be <laughs> so tired tomorrow morning because it's a work night or whatever. And yeah. guess what the Preds did for us? They kept us all up late tonight. That's fine. I don't care one way. You know, it's, it's good. I don't mind staying up late for a win like that. Yeah, back what you were saying about the first period, man. Yeah, it was just – I was like, same as you. I was like, this is not going to end well. They just looked really sloppy. I'm sure they were probably still trying to get their legs underneath them. They were probably tired, probably, you know, from the travel or whatnot. And, yeah, I just – Well, let me talk about – so let's talk about the uh, – so the first intermission report uh, on the local Preds, on, Preds Valley Sports intermission – uh, they talked to Mark Borowiecki, mm-hmm. who got back into the lineup tonight. And I cannot stress enough how big of an X factor he was in this Huge. game. He was so massive in this game as far as being where he needed to be, breaking up passes. Because the Blues had these offensive attacks where it was meticulous. Like they were diagnosing – the, the Preds defense and they were breaking it down and Riddick was having to be so sharp so often. And yes. Borowiecki was Riddick's best friend as the game <laughs> went on. He broke, so, broke up so many passes. There was definitely a sequence in the second period where Burrow was wrecking people, just mm-hmm. putting people on the boards. He was everywhere. He was. I mean, he was, he would knock one guy down. Then he'd be in another spot breaking up a pass. I mean, I cannot get over enough how important Borowiecki was to this team tonight. Even though the Preds did show some leaks in their defense, he was still so critical to this team. And then the first intermission uh, interview on Preds on Valley, Burrow pretty much said unfiltered, look, we we got in late, we're tired. He wasn't making excuses. I don't want to spin it the wrong way. He was – Burrow's not the type of player that's going to make excuses. No. That's not what he was doing there. But he was basically saying, look, this is a tough situation. This is the this is the toughness of this league. And it was the first intermission. You could see that he knew we got to make some adjustments. We're going to make the necessary adjustments. And I really took a lot out of that intermission interview that Borowiecki yeah. did. Um, 
on the local broadcast, it really told me, like, look, he knew that they were doing some good things, but that they had to make some adjustments. And that's what good teams do. They make adjustments and they come back. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and another good point about Borvieski is that he wasn't out of position. <laughs> like another player who we won't name who could have gotten into the lineup very easily. So yeah. glad to have him back. Definitely. Um, yeah. It's crazy how uh, much he's missed when he's not in there. He's really playing well. So that's always a good thing to see. It was really – so I saw Carrier was going to miss the game because he took a really uh, bad uh, puck deflection in the Stars game, and we weren't sure if he was going to play or not. And that was a really tough loss because he brings that extra offense to the team. And he's also – he's been playing well all around, Alex Carrier. Yeah, 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 and so that was a tough loss. So then you – but you swap out for Borovieski, who obviously doesn't bring as much offensive part of his game as Carrier does. But – that was still like a really big return to the lineup. And he showed yeah. it tonight. He totally what, showed it tonight. Yeah. And what he brought is what they needed. Yeah. So the blues are a tough team. They're always a, a really hard hitting team, but using somebody like Borvieski, um, Yeah. That, that's exactly, he was exactly what they needed tonight. So that was a good thing to have him back in. Um, yeah. Everybody's probably happy that Harper didn't get in. They left uh, Myers in. Um, it was him and Borbieski playing on the third pairing. So good stuff all around. Definitely. Um, and then, and then of course we cannot overlook Matt Duchesne, who is just, uh, I mean, is this guy going to slow down anytime soon? I, we better I hope know. not because he is, uh, he's fueling the Preds in a way that they absolutely have to have, especially without Forsberg right now. He absolutely. is absolutely feel, filling that void that Forsberg is left behind. I'm not saying he's doing it all, all on his own because Mikel Granlin's playing a part in this. Luke Cunning yep. is definitely playing a part in this. It's a team effort. But Duchesne looks so much more aggressive than I've ever seen him in his Preds career. And it's – I'm not saying he's never played this way ever as an NHL player. Obviously, he has. But in right. a Preds uniform – I've never seen him this aggressive. I've never seen him just he's not he's not hesitating at right. all. And the way hockey moves so fast and so quick, it can take a nanosecond to not make the right decision and then that opportunity's over with. And I'm talking about the goal he scored where he broke in and just mm -hmm. blasted it past Bennington. To where yeah. Bennington, he I don't even think Bennington he realized he I don't think Bennington yeah. realized he was beat until it was already behind him. Yeah, he wasn't tracking it at all. Yeah, that's how that's how quick that shot was. And I'm sorry, but but past Matt Duchesne, like I'm talking like maybe like when he maybe like the beginning of last season, um, maybe he maybe he hesitates there. Maybe he hesitates so much that Bennington can recover and make an easy save, or maybe it gets poke checked away from him, or maybe he second guesses himself and makes the extra pass when he didn't need to. He's not doing that this season. Duchesne yeah. is on a mission and he's using the skills that we all knew he had. We all knew he could do this kind of thing and he's doing it. I mean, yeah. what a game from Matt Duchesne. And I'm talking about the first goal he scored first. Yeah. Uh, the overtime goal is just another, oh. another product of just 
Duchesne yeah. just being on a mission. It. Yeah, absolutely. But his first goal of the night was just a snapper, just a laser pinpoint accurate shot that Bennington had no chance to beat because it was that perfect of a shot. Yeah. Um, like you said, last season's Duchesne, he probably would have hesitated and not shot that. But I think that's – hopefully he's on a track to, to not repeat to what happened last season. So – um, and then you got to look at the second goal of the game, the pass from Duchesne, the behind the back. Oh my gosh! Cunning. Oh my gosh! I was that might I was that might be down. that, that might that might be the prettiest goal of the year for the Preds. And we've got some good candidates. We can go. We might do that for an episode. We'll go back That'll and look at some of the prettiest uh, goals of the season. We'll we'll let the season play out a little bit more. But I'm going to go ahead and put it as an early candidate for goal of the year. Is that nice. uh is that behind the back? And we've always known that Duchesne can do that. Mm-hmm. Duchesne is a such a highly skilled elite puck handler and passer. Mm-hmm. I mean, the way he handles a puck in tight knit quarters, he makes it look like dribbling a basketball, or mm-hmm. like he makes it look that easy. And the way he he put it on full display. With this behind the back pass, you got to look it up. We will retweet it on mm-hmm. our on our po- on our uh, <laughs> podcast Twitter page. It, I'm sure you've already seen it by now. If you you're living right. under a rock, if you haven't yeah. seen it yet, but he he dished it out so perfect, and it yeah. I mean, and and Cunning was was perfectly set up. And credit yeah. to Cunning, credit to Cunning for finishing it off. But again, Bennington is like so taken off guard by this. And I can promise you that when when ben, Jordan Bennington goes to sleep tonight, Matt Duchesne is going to be in his nightmare. <laughs> yeah, he absolutely will. And uh, rightfully so. I mean, it almost looks – from the looks of things, it looks like the Blues might have overlooked the Predators a little bit. I don't know. I don't know what you think about that. But, uh, I don't know if I can get- – I don't know if I can get on board with that. Uh, if they did, if they did, if, if they did overlook the yeah. Preds, and they are incredibly stupid for doing it. I agree, one hundred percent. Because the Preds came into the game with points in seven of their last eight right. games. They were six one and one, I believe. They're they're cruising through their road trip. I mean, yeah. you take out you take That's out right. the you take out the very ugly loss in overtime to the Blackhawks. Which everyone's entitled to a mug. Everyone's entitled to a mulligan. I'm going to go ahead and call that a mulligan for the Preds. But you take that one out, and you take out the loss to the Jets, uh, where they just got really like reamed defensively. Mm-hmm. Every game the Preds have been in this year, they've been right there at the end. We've been talking about this, yeah. and so it's finally coming back in their favor now, to where they're getting the wins here. They're getting the bounces. They're getting rewarded for their hard work, and it's working out for them very well. And guess what? I'm looking over the stats here tonight. I cannot overlook Mikael Granlin no, I for putting four assists. Four assists. The, the, the very, very rare four assist night. You do not see that very often. No, you don't. And um, I gotta, it's not nearly as significant. But we are in a Catfish on Ice official fantasy hockey league. And I picked up Mikael Granlin two days ago. You're a dog. On my team. And he – so, Mikael Granlin, thank you so much for those four assists for my uh, uh, very struggling fantasy hockey team. It's it's very greatly appreciated. And I'm yeah. sure that Mikael Granlin, that's all he cared about was getting me points tonight, not actually the Predators team. <laughs> well, congrats to you for getting that. That was a good pickup. 
So uh, Matt Duchesne, two goals, three assists, or two or one assist on the night for three points. And so that puts him at 14 points on the season through 14 games, that. if my math's correct. They said he's leading the NHL in the past nine games for points. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, hey, uh, Matt Duch- hey, Connor McDavid, Matt Duchesne says hello, at <laughs> exactly. least for now. At least for now. At least, at least for, for now. now, we'll take it. But that, that, a bit. that that's a really good stat you just dropped there, Rich. I did not yeah. know it was that that yeah. that on, on that level. So yeah, Matt Duchesne's up to fourteen points in fourteen games. I mean, wow. I mean, talk about this. Last season, it took Matt Duchesne game fifty six of fifty six game season to score his fifth goal. Yep, they said. And now, like, and now yeah, he's like, got set. He's got seven goals now after tonight through 14 games. So just try to wrap your head around that. I'm yeah. still trying to wrap my head around that. Yeah, he didn't get – they said that he's already surpassed his how many points he had last season. Yeah, I just – so. I'm telling you, it's a dramatic shift in his focus. I think he took it personal that the Preds did yep. – the Preds did not protect him in yep. the expansion draft, and we all agreed with it. We did, yeah. I me mean, and, me, we are not. Me and Rich are not going to sit here and pretend like we disagreed with that no. decision. We absolutely agreed with Matt Duchesne not being protected. But guess what? Matt Duchesne took that personal, and he's yeah. taking it, and he's he's showing everyone right now, and it's working out in the favor and the benefit of the Preds. But it, he's showing everyone now. Hey, maybe next time. You might want to protect me, even though I don't think there's an expansion draft coming up anytime soon. Well, but you know what I. But but you know I what I mean. Yeah. But you know what I mean. He's he's playing with a proverbial chip on his shoulder, and I know that's a cliche, but it it's damn perfect. it's damn true. It's perfect. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we talked about it like endlessly about him not being protected, but he didn't really give us any reason to think otherwise. You know, I mean, three seasons he just was not playing like he should be. And I think you're right. He took it personal and he finally turned around and did whatever he had. I don't know what he did, but I like it. And hopefully keep, it up. keep it up. I, I, don't, I don't see – barring in, injury, I don't see why he would yeah. just fall off the face of the earth because he he knows now what works for him. He's, he's finally fi- getting that comfortable part of his game where he is like, he knows he's a leader of this team. He is taking it mm-hmm. upon himself. He has taken on the Philip Forsberg role with this team. Yep. Absolutely. And so he knows what he's got to do. So I'm not worried about Duchesne disappearing. I'm not worried about him going on a 10 or 20 game disappearing act like he's done in the past. I mean, I'm not saying he's not going to go through a, a drought. Every player, aside yeah. from like your top elite <laughs> players, they go through droughts. So I'm not saying he's not going to have a little bit of a drought. But the old Duchesne, I feel like it's in the wayside a little bit here. I, I think he's going to keep this up for the most part. I know he knows what's on the line here, especially until Philip Forsberg gets back. And so I just I can't say enough about it. And then yeah. real quick, let's let, we, we are, we are going to give the rest of, of this game reaction. We are going to put some respect on David Riddick's name tonight. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, uh, Rich, what did you see out of David Riddick? Give me your full breakdown on his entire performance, his Preds debut. It, he was under an enormous amount of pressure. Pressure In episode 78 on Monday, I said 
that I would prefer to see him play against the Stars, a team that's way less offensively uh, gifted, yeah. um, maybe not as much uh, up-and-end action going on, and maybe Riddick won't be tested as much. But the Preds trotted out UC Soros on Wednesday, and UC Soros had a very, very strong game, and the Preds Absolutely. won. And the Preds won, which it's all about winning in this league, of course. But Riddick got thrown to the Wolves early on in this game. So give me your initial breakdown on it. He did. And like I said, full disclosure, I was a little nervous about him going in tonight. Um, He hasn't played all season. He played in the preseason games. Um, He was on the COVID protocol. And like you said, he got thrown to the Wolves. The first period was shaky. He was getting his legs under him. Um, you know, they gave up those two goals. I really don't feel like they were his fault. One was a power play goal. But, man, once he got settled in, um, he started some really big saves. And that one save, I, got, I think it was in the third period, where the puck hit the post and was, like, hovering up in the air. And he, like, stuck his pad out and blocked it because it was going it was going to come in. Um, yeah. Just, that's – you can you can just tell why he earned the name Big Save Dave because he stepped up tonight and I you know without him you know I don't know what would happen did, <laughs> if they would have played Charles in two back in a back to back I don't I don't know if we would have got the same result did did he ever live up to that nickname tonight absolutely I mean wow I mean he totally did and. I mean, it's just like incredible how he stepped up to the occasion. And I want to go back to it. So the two goals he gave up initially were not really on him. I I mean, he he was – first of all, before the Blues even scored their first goal of the game, Riddick was under all this fire. Very much so. And he somehow kept it at 0-0 for the longest time. Mm -hmm. And then the Blues pounced on him and got that first goal – just a really good play by the Blues. And then Yossi took a very uncharacteristic uh, sloppy penalty where he uh, he kind of got his stick caught up in no man's land. It ricocheted off his stick. It went out of the stands. You get a delay, a game called on you. The Blues had the second-ranked power play in the league. And they showed and, it. And they showed it. And so, <laughs> bam, bam, Riddick is uh, tagged for two quick goals that you can't blame on him. And the Blues didn't even slow down after that. The Preds kind of had to limp to that first intermission yep. and down two to nothing. And a two-goal lead, you can you can make that up. You, you're still in it. It's not over yet. Yeah. But it felt like if they would have scored that third one, it was over. Oh, yeah, it would have been tough. But and they and they never gave up that third one <laughs> until the until after the Preds took the lead. No, I do uh, yeah. think. That, yeah. So yeah. Right. Well, I think when 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 Trenton took the lead, and that was a beautiful. Goal yes. as well. Uh, Granlin uh, with a steal and then passed it to Janot, and then Janot gave it to Trennan. Is that how it was? I believe. Yeah. Um, believe that so. was just a beautiful goal. And I was like, they just need to hold on to this lead. But then, you know, eventually Tarasenko, I think, scored. The, yes. The, the time and that was, and, and that was one that Riddick would probably like to have back. We we'll say that's that a lot. We yeah. always, I mean, of course, it's a cliche in hockey. Goaltenders want every goal they give up right. back. But usually, when a goal, when you, it's a nice way to say the goaltender gave up a soft goal or a weak goal. I, I do think that Riddick lost track of the puck a little bit. Maybe he could have uh, sealed the net a little bit more. I know Chris Mason on the Bally Sports South broadcast kind of mentioned that 
Riddick could have maybe been in a little bit better position. So you'll say Riddick maybe gave up one goal tonight that he really, you can say, okay, that's maybe a little bit on you. But you know what? That's a pretty damn good Preds debut, if you ask me, against the St. Louis Blues. Yeah, especially against the St. Louis Blues. I mean, he he was just outstanding on so many levels. And – I don't know. I don't know what it is about the Preds and goaltenders, but for some reason, this organization knows how to find goaltenders. Yeah, they did a good job finding Riddick. Um, like when he, <clears throat> when they first signed him, you know, we were kind of like, I never heard of him. And then you know, you do some research and find out what kind of a player he is. And man, he really yeah. proved his worth tonight. That's for sure. Riddick finishes with thirty-three saves on thirty-six shots. I don't think the save percentage does him justice, but he nope. finished with a 917 save percentage. Uh, so just great stuff here. Just looking through the quick numbers real quick before we move on. In episode 79, we're giving you instant reaction, as instant as it can be tonight in episode <coughs> 79 after seeing the Preds uh, win 4-3 to three in overtime over the St. Louis Blues on a back-to-back to close out the road trip. <laughs> I mean, yeah. what what a six what a six game road trip this has been, and for them to close it out this way is just amazing. But I'm just looking over the numbers real quick here, getting some quick tallies here, just some numbers that really stick out here. Um, let's look at it here. Just looking for uh, Trennan had four shots on goal. Philip Myers, yeah. You want to talk about him kind of getting his offensive feet wet a little bit. I mean, he was out there. He had some good shot looks on goal. He ended up having five shots on goal tonight. Yep. Um, if you uh, if you took a bet going into this game on who would lead the team in shots on goal, and you bet Philip Myers, then um, can you go ahead and buy my <laughs> can you go ahead and buy my lottery tickets tomorrow? Absolutely, That's because funny. Philippe Myers led the team in shots on goal tonight with five. So, um, yeah, I need to know who you are if you bet on him on your DraftKings uh, betting app, uh, if you bet on him. And then let's talk about, uh, I mean, Michael McCarron was out there roughing up people. He got taken. Oh, he, he, right. he had to leave the game because, once again, another uh, puck, uh, putting yourself in the way of danger, blocking a shot. Uh, he took a – it looked like it hit his knee or something like that. But he had to be taken off the ice as well. We got to hope he's okay because that kind of takes us into our next segment. Again, the Preds win four to three in overtime. They've got 17 points on the season, eight, five, and one. They are top. So listen to this. I know it's early. I know. I'm going to keep saying that until it gets further in the season. But the Preds are, they, they are tied with Winnipeg for second place in the division. You've got a two way tie between the Blues and the Wild for first place in the division with 18 points. So the Preds are literally like very, very close to being in first place in the division. And guess who is next up on the schedule? Those Arizona Coyotes. Uh, The the dumpster fire that is Arizona. The Preds get to come back home to Bridgestone Arena, and that that place better be loud. If that place is is not rocking – like old times on a Saturday night in Nashville, yes. Tennessee, with the Preds doing what they just did on a six-game road trip. If that place is not blowing up and loud 
I'm going to be there. I'm going to call out Preds fans if that place you ain't should. loud. Absolutely, Saturday. you should. Because this team yeah. needs you right now. This team just showed you that they are for real, and you need to be cheering them on. You need to be paying attention to them, and you're playing a very, very terrible Coyotes team. That place better be loud on it Saturday. Because so it, could, it could very well be for first place in the division if they win that game on Saturday. Absolutely. What were you going to say, Rich? So when we were talking before the season – um, about how we were nervous, we didn't know how the team would react. Did you ever think that they would be tied for second place in this division at this point? Not, I, I, I mean, I know we're only fourteen games in, but hell but no, still, I would no, be lying. I'd be lying through my teeth if I said I thought the Preds would be um, this far up in the division. Now, it's we, early, we've been, we're going to do we're going to do our power rankings later on the, in the episode to close out episode seventy nine. Um, but I will say that this these last two games against Dallas and St. Louis have drastically changed my opinion yep. on the Preds right now. These last two games. I, I was like put up or shut up. I'll see it when I believe it type of mentality yep. until I saw how the Preds handled this back-to-back against the, against the Stars and the Blues, especially after seeing them lay that dud. Against uh, against the Chicago Blackhawks oh, on yeah. Sunday, I was I was very much a non-believer in how they were going to handle <laughs> this back-to-back. I'll be totally honest and objective yeah. here. They've proven me wrong in these back in these two back-to-back wins against big-time division rivals. I love being wrong. I love being proven wrong, and I stand corrected. They yeah. have proven me wrong. Same. I felt I felt the same. Um, I felt a little bit better about Dallas. I know they always play them tough, but I kind of felt like that the Predators could beat them. But then I really didn't think they were going to beat the Blues. Just to be honest, um, the Blues are just tough. They're they're one of yeah. the best teams in the NHL. So pleasant for sure, for sure, for sure. So I mean, this this thing has a has the opportunity to keep going strong if you really look ahead at their upcoming schedule, but you got to take every team in this league seriously. So in no way, in no way am I chalking this up as a win against Arizona. It should be, but that doesn't mean anything, but we will not, we're going to not look ahead as of right now. Instead, we're going to move on in episode 79 of catfish on ice with Chad Minton and rich Howe, brought to you by DraftKings and part of the hockey podcast network. Let's get into our next segment here. And that is the big news that came down today no. with Rocco Grimaldi being waived. It felt inevitable. It felt like it was going to eventually get here. Uh, we were, I've been saying like everyone was like doing the hashtag for so long, free Eichel, free, free Jack Eichel. I was yeah. saying, and I wasn't the only one, but a lot of us were saying free Rocco, yeah. which didn't have nearly the national buzz as Jack Eichel, but <laughs> Sorry. I feel like it, I feel like it's kind of a similar situation. Only Rocco Grimaldi wasn't injured, but you keep seeing Grimaldi just being buried on this roster. He just doesn't have the chance yeah. to really play or get the opportunity to get the minutes. It's not really his fault per se. Mm-hmm. I think that if Grimaldi finds the right landing spot, he could be successful. But he is very much a niche player. He is, and we've talked about it a bunch of times, but the Predators just aren't conducive to his style of play. Like the way the team's built, it's just – he just doesn't – he has a hard time fitting in. They're a bunch of bigger guys. They, they're they more defensive. 
We all talked about how he has defensive lapses sometimes. He's more of an offensive speed player. And the, the Predators just aren't like that anymore, and it's just hard to slot him into places. And I was like, I'm the same as you. I hope I hope that somebody picks him up because he definitely deserves some minutes somewhere, um, and he would be do well on another team, just not this team anymore, unfortunately. And I hate it. I hate it. He's one of my yeah. favorite players, but I mean, you know. Well, you hate to see it do. when it. You hate to see it when it's such a classy, likable player who's active in the community, who mm-hmm. is just a really good person, and not to mention he revitalized his. NHL career by coming mm-hmm. to the Predators originally. So it's kind of a full circle scenario here. Right. If you think about it, because Grimaldi had around 30, I want to say less than 40 games of NHL experience right. before he came to the Preds and he never really stuck anywhere. He played a lot with the Florida Panthers a little bit. And then he comes here and he just shoots mm-hmm. off like a rocket, almost yep. like what Tanner Janot's doing right now, only under different circumstances, but still a very similar like yeah. Grimaldi came in and took everyone by surprise. He was instantly likable because he's such a speedster and he brings a lot of offensive upside on the rush. And those are the types of things that casual fans love to see. Yep. And uh, so he quickly became a fan favorite. And But unfortunately, he hit his ceiling very quickly, unfortunately. And just think about tonight, for instance. The Preds trotted out Michael McCarron, a big-bodied defenseman, or not defenseman, but forward that plays like a defenseman, honestly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That was the point I was trying to get at, is he plays like a defenseman. And he's never, ever going to be the offensive player that Grimaldi is. But John Hines sees it differently. John Hines values those types of players over the types of players like Rocco Grimaldi, who is undersized, who just can't do the things that a big body can, can do. Think yeah. about Victor Arvidsson. Victor Arvidsson is no longer on this team either. Way more offensive skill than Grimaldi yeah. and yeah. a little bit more of an all-around player, but still a similar style. He's no longer on this team either. And and if you look, and like we said, if you look at the way the team's built, it's not built for a player like Victor Arvidsson either, and he struggled under Hines. I mean, it's, it's, it's no uh, secret – you know, he had a hard time. He had a hard time before he, you know, uh, at the end of last season, he just never could get going. He so had he that one. Grimaldi. I mean, Grimaldi, Grimaldi had that one four goal game oh, yeah, against the so Red Wings last season that really like skews his stats last year. Yeah, it did. I mean, I'm not, I'm not taking any credit away from that four goal game. You score four <laughs> goals in an NHL game, you are pretty damn good, That's and you massive. can carry. It. You can carry that with you for the rest of your life, and no one's ever going to question you. Mm-hmm. But that does, to, to be fair here, a four-goal game really skews his stats from last year. And he also scored a goal the game after. So he scored five goals over a quick right. two-game stretch against the Detroit Red Wings of all teams. So, I mean, it just it's one of those things where he's got to find the right spot for him and I hope he finds it somewhere. I hope he can land somewhere in a bottom six role on a team that really needs him, that values his skill set. Mm-hmm. And um, I've seen a lot of people throw the Buffalo Sabres around that might claim him. I mean, that might be good for him. Mm-hmm. I I think it's 50-50 a coin flip on whether he clears waivers or not. Um, but if you make me decide, I'll slightly lean towards – I think somebody's going to take him. Somebody, so. Somebody's going to claim him. I would think so, I, just because of his 
speed and his, and his hard ability. and his hard working nature. And teams, hard work. Yeah. Teams value. There's there's got to be a team out there who is like we need a a high motor, hard working player like this in our organization. Right. I've got to think somebody's going to take him. So what happens to him if he if he goes back to Milwaukee? He can be assigned to Milwaukee. Wow. Yeah. But so I'm not up on his contract. I know he made. Like signed a two million his, dollar his, contract. His contract is an issue. That's the one reason why someone might not claim him. Yeah, it's because uh-huh. his con. I mean, I know it's a low contract, but it's still a contract that there's going to be teams that are like, ah, eh, why would we take on that on a player that's kind of going to be a experiment for us, maybe? Right. Like, so it, that might be the one thing that's going to hurt his chances of getting claimed. And so it's going to be. I, I really don't know what's going to happen. I, I'm yeah. going to lean towards. I'm going to lean towards somebody's going to take him because they want his work ethic. They want to. They want. They need a spark plug, if yeah. you will, in their lineup. Maybe a team that's struggling. Maybe a team that's not competing right now, and they're they're willing to take a chance. We'll see. I don't know. I hope he lands somewhere. But if not, he can definitely come back to Milwaukee. Yeah. Somebody on Twitter said maybe he'll go to Minnesota. Oh yeah, Prez North. Yeah, that would not that would, that would not surprise me at all. But uh, I really yeah, hope man. the best for him. I really do. I mean, he's yeah, such a likable person. He's such an yeah, easy likable person. His last game he played was against Chicago on Sunday, and he yeah, like, barely he barely even played in ten minutes of ice time. He had one shot on goal, um, and then for his season numbers, zero points in five games. Yeah, it sucks. So. It was form. it was probably time for him to move on, and um, I wish nothing but but the best for him. Yeah, I think too. we all feel that way. He only had six shots on goal through his five games he played. So to be a type of player that he is, which is an offensive style player, to only mm-hmm. have six shots on goal in five games, that's yeah. just something wasn't working here. Yeah. So plus he um, never probably he couldn't get going. He didn't have any consistency. He wasn't starting every game or anything. So yep. It just so sucks. Like, uh, somebody, I think it was Adam Vingan brought it up today that when um, he was on that line with um, Craig Smith and Nick Benino, they were like the best line in the NHL for like a two or three month stretch or something. And and now mm-hmm. he's getting waved. It's just a bummer, I mean, but it just stuff changes, man. You know, life, team, life, com- life, com- yeah. yeah, life comes, life comes at you fast in the NHL. Yeah. That's for I damn sure. Way different team. All right, so again, uh, Rocco Grimaldi gets weighed by the National Predators. Officially, he could still end up in the organization somehow. If he clears waivers, we'll have to wait and see. I feel like it's a coin flip on how that goes. We will definitely react to that as Mm -hmm. it happens. I'm sure we'll find out tomorrow what's going on with that. Uh, If he clears or not, we'll have to wait and see. Um, But since we all love Rocco Grimaldi, we hope someone claims him so that he can play somewhere else. Yep. All right, let's let you know what we got on in store for you on the rest of Catfish on Ice. This is episode 79 presented by DraftKings, part of the Hockey Podcast Network with Chad Minton and Rich Howe. We've still got our battle for the Central Week 4 power rankings. We've got to rank the division. A lot of your NHL games are over for tonight's action, so we've really got to figure out how we're ranking this division now. And then at the tail end of this episode, stay yes. tuned for it, we got Rob Reese of NHL.com. He's a fantasy editor for NHL.com. He's a regular guest on NHL Network, and he's also got his own podcast called NHL Fantasy on Ice. 
He is a awesome follow on Twitter. Uh, I love his content, and he was really, really kind to come on our podcast. I'm sure he's got a really busy busy schedule doing all the coverage he does for right. the NHL Network and for NHL.com, and he jumped on our podcast for about a 15- to 20-minute segment that we got pinned at the end of this episode. So you're going to have to stay tuned for that because it's worth listening to. He was outstanding and was just such a nice guy. So thank you to Rob Reese for doing that. Stay tuned for that interview. Let's get into our next segment, which is Ooh. it's it's Thursday. So it's our battle for the central power rankings. Before we do that, before we do that, I do want to mention DraftKings because yeah. guess what? DraftKings now has an awesome offer for all of our NHL listeners and fans. They are not going to leave you out in the cold here. The Sport, DraftKings Sportsbook is the official betting partner of the NHL, and they have an unbelievable offer to celebrate the greatest sport on ice. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game and $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. I mean, I feel like that's pretty good odds there. I don't know about you. Somebody's going to score. If your sports book isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. You can still win huge cash prizes. You can play the fa- daily fantasy <laughs> sports. Of course, we have our fantasy hockey league going on for the podcast right now, which has been so much fun. So you can get in on that. Mm-hmm. If, you, if the, daily, if the uh, sports betting is not available in your state, mm. you still have an opportunity to have a lot of fun. With the DraftKings Sportsbook app. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN to throw down $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. This week, one puck in the net wins nets you a big win. Promo code THPN at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. An official sports betting partner of the NHL must be 21 years or older. In New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania, new customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-9-WITH-IT or 1-800-GAMBLER. Please do that if you have a gambling problem. (laughs) And, of course, it's so much fun to get in on that action and get you some free bets. And so do that for sure. How are you doing? How are you doing in the fantasy this week? I had I'm doing pretty good, but I don't want to jinx myself. But I'm having a pretty good week. That that Mikel Granlin pickup is really working out well for me. That's Let's awesome. just say that right now. He scored me 27 points tonight, which in fantasy terms is pretty good. I dropped mm-hmm. Jamie, so I dropped Jamie Ben for Mikel Granlin before last wow. night's game. Wow, that's and so good call. Good and I I may or may not have taken. Rob Reese's advice in the oh, interview because right. he's a fantasy expert. Oh. I'm I'm not going to even comment on that, but uh, like, I I'm the host of the podcast, so I am allowed to cheat a little bit. I, yeah, I'm he's like he he's gave like, me some. Advice. He gave you all the tips. You're going to hear it in the interview, but he gave me advice to drop Jamie Ben, and I did. Oh. I, I he he did not tell me to pick up Mikael Granlin though, so hey. I took half of his advice. Hey, that's smart. Hey, hey it, it worked I, out I, good. Rich, how's your team doing tonight, man? I'm getting hammered. Uh, ah. yeah. I mean, 
Kentucky line trash. Who is that? Do you? That's Matt like, Hart. That's that's Matt, Matt Hardesty, Hardesty, and he's okay. just he's just drilling everybody right now. He is. Um, yeah, I'm getting just nailed. Um, I was doing pretty good, but then like um, I had Tory Krug. Of course, he didn't play. He's on got the COVID. Um, I had Jonathan Tavares from um, Toronto. He got hurt. Um, just so you're dealing with injuries. Yeah. yeah Tory welcome Krug, yeah, welcome to like, my world. Yeah. It's it's moved from you to me. So so your team is Zachary Larue flips off a of who? Can I can, can I go ahead and assume that tonight Zachary Larue is flipping off a of who? Because your team's struggling so bad. He, he is. He's hopefully he's doing something for me to rally my team because they're well. I, well, I got to think that Lucas Pisa is somewhere smiling and happy with my team right now. Somewhere nobody knows where. He's in my like, basement. I already tried to tell you. Lucas Fiza lives in my basement. He watches Netflix all day, and he hangs out, and he watches my fantasy team. You need to send a private investigator to go find that he, He's a good guy. He's just chill. He just likes to relax all day. He doesn't like to get That's out good. much. That's he's good. just a home. Awesome. Lucas Lucas Fiza is a homebody. He I would have never thought it. He he's a mas- He's mastered the art of Netflix and chill. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> That's all right. awesome. Let's get in. Let's get into these uh, battle for the central power rankings here. <laughs> I'm looking at the. Let, let's look at the scoreboard first. This is a. Oh, yeah. we're, we're recording episode 79 on a Thursday. We've got a. Oh my gosh, so many games going on tonight. This is a Thursday packed is NHL schedule tonight. We've still got some games going on. That Minnesota Wild. Minnesota Wild are down two nothing to the Golden Knights. Um, let's look at some other central division scores here. Um, Okay, there's not a lot of Central Division games going on tonight. Uh, the Jets did beat the Shark, Sharks 4-1. to And the Avalanche put up a touchdown on the Canucks tonight. They they won 7-1. to So Oh, yeah. on the Canucks. Okay. All right. Yeah. That's yeah, the Avalanche, the Avalanche, wow. just, the Avalanche just completely uh, wrecked the Vancouver Canucks with seven goals tonight. Wow. So they're, 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 start, they're starting to come into form and look like the team we all thought. They got Miko Rantanen back who uh, scored tonight. Uh, Gabrielle Landeskog scored tonight. Um, yeah. But they lost somebody. Who did they lose? Nathan McKinnon's out for a while. Oh, that's that's right. Yeah. I think Nathan McKinnon's out for two <laughs> or three weeks at least. So <laughs> They're cursed. Let, let, let's update the standings here. Let's look at the division. Somehow um, the, the Blues are still in first place, but they're clinging on to it with one point, and they are tied with the Minnesota Wild, who are currently losing right now. Two to nothing to the Golden Knights. Three to nothing now. Just came oh, wow. up. Golden Knights are now winning three to nothing. So let's go ahead and assume because that game's not going to end before we end this episode, most likely. I'm going to go ahead and assume that the Minnesota Wild are probably going to lose that game. They might not, but uh, they're probably going to drop that game. And so let's get these rankings going. Let's start from yeah. the bottom and work our way up. And it's always easy to do it that way because we always know who we're going to start with, and that's our poor Arizona Coyotes. Yeah, that's definitely who I have in eight. So here's what I wrote. Ugh, that's all. Just <laughs> that's ugh. all. You, that's all you just wrote for the Coyotes. Ugh. That's it. It's just ugh. Let's see it's their bad. last couple. Let's see their last couple games. They uh, they lost to the Minnesota. They've only played one game in the last five day uh, five days. They lost to the Minnesota Wild five to two on Wednesday. They got their first win of the season <laughs> five to four over the Seattle Kraken. Oh, that sucks. Well, yeah, actually, so, that doesn't suck. That's yeah. Good. So that, that they got their first win, so they're not they're not winless anymore. 
But uh, they're win and they lost against Arizona. So there you we're, go. we're not going to think about the loss of the Seattle Kraken anymore. That's old news. That is old news. But the, yes, the, the Arizona Coyotes are absolutely still in last place in our in our battle for the Central Power Rankings. So bad, no question about that. So I'm, bad. A, I'm about to drop the mic here, though. About to shock some people. Okay. We have we have a new seventh place team, according to me, and I have been hammering this team for weeks and weeks. I've been trying to tell you, Rich, just didn't want to believe <laughs> me. This team is a mess. They're probably about to fire their coach. They're about to follow the footsteps of the Blackhawks. It's looking very, very ugly down there. The Dallas Stars are my seventh place team. Wow. Yeah. I, They're a mess. They don't look good at all. They look they totally – they look like a toxic locker room. They look like they're not playing for their head coach. I've looked in and seen what the media is saying down there. I've looked in and seen what a lot of your fans are saying down there. There is a really big problem going on in Dallas right now. And you're talking about a team that had way higher expectations than the Preds did. Wasn't their coach like Rick saying they were, he was he was saying something that he was caught like yelling at him and he was they somebody read his lips and he was saying something really bad about him. I can't remember what it was. Well they had yeah. Rick so Rick Rick Bonus has been in the league coaching for a long time. Not as a head coach all the time, but he's yeah. been in the coaching circle since like yeah. the 80s or early 90s. He's been around the block. He's an old school coach. He's a very boring dump and chase type of coach. He a lot of people accuse Rick Bonus of not evolving into the today's NHL and he's <laughs> they're really accusing him of wasting the talent that the Stars have on their roster and I'm seeing it. I think this team is a total mess yeah. right now and I mean, it doesn't mean they're not going to win some games and hang around. I think they've got enough talent to maybe hang around for a little bit, but I'm sorry. They don't have the goaltending that they used to have. Uh, ben Bishop was a big backbone of their team for a long time. He's not there anymore. Hudobin doesn't look that good. Holtby has been a complete disaster. I said when they signed yeah. him that I, I didn't understand that move when I, they brought I Holtby on. I didn't understand it either he, at all. He's a shell of his former self. I got the stars at seventh. Where do you? Who do yeah. you have at seventh? No, I've got Chicago still. You're, but you're keeping them, even though they beat the Preds. You still got them at seventh. They're they're on a two game win streak, so they things might be looking up for them. But you're not sold on them. No, no, not <laughs> all yet. right. All right, so we, I'm never going to give them that much credit yet. It's going to take all right. a little bit. Well, we defer, we defer on seven things. I, I actually think that the stars are, um, yeah, I, these are power rankings, so it can change. But oh, I, yeah. as of right now, sitting here, I think the Chicago Blackhawks are trending up, and the stars are trending down. And so okay. I'm going to put, I'm going to put the Blackhawks at number six. I'm going to okay. give them a little bit of credit, not because of anything they've done off the ice. They are a train wreck and a mess of an organization off the ice. But just purely what they're doing on the ice and their play, I'm going to give them a slight bump up, and I'm going to put them at number six. Right. But I will say, I will say, my teams six through eight are all three. Don't take any high stock on them. They're not going anywhere. They right. are – put those three teams in a, in a lump together, push them back, and then you have the next tier of teams in the Central <laughs> who can actually fight for the playoffs. So just because I put the Blackhawks at number six doesn't mean I think that they're going to be a playoff team or anything like that. No, absolutely. Yeah, so for number six, I've got 
Colorado still. What? Obviously, I, I, well, I did this before I saw that they won oh seven to gosh. one. All right, we'll stick with it. Stick with, stick with it. They're cursed. They don't have Nathan McKinnon. I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I mean, I'm not. I'm not coming down on you hard. No, you can end I'm up, just saying it's like you can. You can end up looking really. Hey, you can end up looking really smart if they don't make the playoffs, and you can say all along, "We'll share this clip. We'll I share think- this. We will share this clip in April." And say, Rich Howe said in episode 79 on November 11th, 2021, that the Avalanche were the sixth best team in the Central, and you will look like a genius. But I think they'll turn things around. I still okay. – They're going to start. They got a by the way, By the way, time out. Time out. Time out. It is November 11th, Thursday, 2021, and we do want to – Give a massive oh. shout out to all of our veterans who have served Absolutely. this country. I yeah. meant to open that up in the episode, but I was so freaking stoked about the game and we were reacting live. Mm-hmm. My apologies on that because first and foremost, it's all about our veterans that allow yeah. us to do things like this. Absolutely. My father-in-law is a veteran. He was in Vietnam. Um, wow. Yeah, just um, awesome, awesome man and really grateful yes. to have him. Um, just the service he does and he still lives his life that way. Loves yep. his country, so it's awesome. So, yep. shout out and to him. Yep, shout out to your father-in-law. Shout out to all the men and women who have served yes. this country to allow us to do dumb things like this podcast, right? Absolutely. I mean, this is what makes this country great is for people like that. And yep. so uh, I do not want to go any further than to thank them. Um, they are just, I mean, you just can't get enough of it. Uh, they're just outstanding people. We can't, we are forever indebted to our yes, uh, veterans Absolutely. And so, and, and, you know, like Veterans Day, every day should be Veterans Day as far as mm-hmm. I'm concerned. And so thank you to all the mm-hmm. veterans who uh, serve our country, both now and veterans who have served in the past. We can't thank you enough. Yep. Absolutely. For sure. All right. Good and call. so you've got the Colorado Avalanche at number six. I've got the yep. Blackhawks at number six. So mm-hmm. we are, we are completely um, off the wavelengths with each other at this point. A little point. bit. Number five, I think we both had the Preds at number five last week. Yep. And guess what? We have a new person in number five, and for me, it is the Minnesota Wild. Wow. Really? Yeah. Wow. Man. I'm I'm starting to not trust them, and I can't put the Minnesota Wild ahead of the Preds when the Preds beat them and spanked them. Yeah, I guess. And I know, and I know the Minnesota Wild have 18 points. They're tied for first place right now, but they've only got a plus four goal differential yeah. right now, and so that goes to show you right there they're they're narrowly winning games, and they might be proven to be a little bit of frauds. I'm just saying. So wow, I've got I've got them at number five. Hot take yeah. alert. Hot take yeah. alert. I got the Minnesota Wild at number five. In my power, I wouldn't, I wouldn't ever expect that. So I have uh, Dallas at number five. Um, a note that I wrote is they are really showing their age. Um, watching yep. them play the Predators, man, I was like, they just do not look good. Um, they're struggling. Um, we talked about goaltending's not good at the moment. I didn't know the stuff about they might be firing their coach. That's a possibility. Um, yeah, I, I see them dropping down. Actually, I probably should have put Colorado ahead of them. 
but it's okay. You got time to, you got, you got time to change it uh, next week for sure. I think Dallas is going to keep trending backwards. I just think they're a mess right now. I don't see them. I don't see them fixing it anytime soon. This was going to be their. This was like their last season, I think, but it's turned into. I see. I see Dallas going through similar what uh, the Preds went through a couple years ago. I do too. Which is their windows? Their windows closing quickly, and they're realizing that those Stanley Cup uh, hopes are over, and they're going to have to rip apart rip apart the team, and they're going to have to rebuild. Whether that's through their prospect pool. Or maybe maybe they try to make some signings at the trade deadline if they're still competitive. We'll have to wait and see, but they're definitely yeah. way underperforming. All right. Yeah. They put two yeah. guys on waivers today, too. They, yeah. The the stars did. Yep. One I can't remember who they were. One of them I know I've heard of, but let's I'm get to the ready. let's get to the nitty-gritty here of these <laughs> battle for the central power rankings. And that is the top four, which you got to think the top four are your top four teams who you think have realistic chances of making the playoffs right now. That's where we're at. And, uh, you know what? I still am going to put the Preds at number four. Me too. I I battled with it. I bat. I, I, (laughs) you said me too. And I instantly thought about the Spider-Man meme. Oh, yeah. Spider-Man's pointing at each other yeah. in the mirror. That's a good All one. right. Yeah. Uh, and here's why. Um, it's not that I don't want to give them credit where credit's due or I'm trying to be the negative person here, the dark cloud over all these great things, but I'm also not going to be a prisoner in the moment. And for the Preds, I, I, I just think that they're going to be a very helter-skelter type of team. And what I mean by that is they're 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 going to be in it. It, it. it appears that they're going to give us a taste of what happened last season, where they're going to be in it till the end. They're going to hopefully go on a really good run like they're doing now, and cruise into another playoff berth, and which will be an eighth straight playoff berth, which is right. insane. If they make it this year, they've definitely got it in them to do that. I'll give them that. I'm there, but I'm not ready to put them ahead of the Colorado Avalanche the Winnipeg Jets, or even the team they just beat tonight, the St. Louis Blues. I'm not no, ready to do it not. just yet. They're there, though. They're close. The standings reflect that. But I'm not going to yeah. put them there just yet. I'm putting them at number four right now. Yeah. So before I give you my notes on Nashville, Lindsay had a question. Um, she wanted to know how good is the locker room right now? They look like they're always playing for each other and the coaches. I would agree with that. Um, yeah, you watch those guys. Um, a good example was when um, one of the Blues players bumped into David Riddick. All five of the Predators jumped on that guy um, to protect yeah. him, um, to protect their goaltender. Yeah, I, I would say that they're definitely uh, – I might even say this is the best they've been since um, – Since Laviolette took over. Since La- yeah, I mean, they're really – like it started last season halfway through, but then – it's just carrying over, and it's just seems like it's getting a lot better. So, and that's awesome. and that's and that's yeah. I think the play yeah. you're talking about is when uh, it was early in the game. It was when it was Riddick really Riddick de- dove out to cover that puck to kind of uh, extinguish the threat because, mm-hmm. like I said, the Blues were mm-hmm. were they were head hunting. They were out there just looking to they end were. this game early. <clears throat> and this was before Riddick even gave up gave up his first goal, I believe, mm-hmm. but he. The puck was kind of like hanging out out there in front of, and he made a really smart play to dive out very athletically 
yeah. dove out to cover the puck and the and he kind of got knocked up a little bit and uh all five Preds players like you said yeah. swooped in to uh <clears throat> protect their goaltender which is what you love to see the uh yeah. I totally agree with you as well Lindsay I think that the that the this t- locker room is a very tight knit close locker room there's no egos in this locker room right no egos they are <clears throat> there to play for each other they they don't care about who has the most points, who has the most goals, who gets all the accolades. I don't think this team's about that. Mm-hmm. They are out to prove a point. They are a blue collar team. They don't yep. care about being underdogs. They play with the chip on their shoulder. You're seeing that. That's why they are outperforming everyone's yep. preseason expectations so far. It's because they, the play, guys, for, because yeah, they play because they play for each guys. other. Yeah, they do, and all the young guys played in Milwaukee together, so they're all familiar. So, and you have and you have to really worry about disrupting that chemistry um, as we get further into this season. And mm-hmm. this is for a this is a conversation for further down the road in this season. But if the Preds stay competitive and David Poyle starts thinking, ah, oh, we're just one piece away, we're just, and then you worry about him making a big splash in the free agency market when the trade deadline gets here. Yep. He gotta, he gotta hope. We'll, we'll worry about that further down the road. But yeah. I just, I'm, I'm already starting to think about that, and I yeah. really, it really worries me not to disrupt what this locker room has going for it right now. Right. Yeah. So I had Nashville at fourth, like you did. Um, I wrote they're starting to gel more. They're fourth in the division at the time. They're only three points out of first place. Now they're not. They're tied for third. But um, they're tied. For, they're tied for second, technically. Time for a second. Yeah, you're right. Um, so yeah, um, the only like like you, I'm still cautious. Um we've been doing like pred lines and stuff for three seasons now, me and you, and like we've had our hearts broken several times, and they would get on a good streak and then something would happen and then they just go downhill. So we're still we can't just be fully in with you know, they're gonna win the division or whatever. Um they still still a little cautious, but they're looking. They're definitely looking better. So I'll get definitely, them definitely. Yeah. They're uh, they're the, they're the team that's right now. If they just they just keep doing what they're yep. doing, they're going to eventually make believers out of all of us. Yep. Absolutely. But they were already kind of they were they were coming from so far down with their expectations on the outside looking in that it's still going to take some time to prove yep. it when you've only played fourteen games this season. Yeah. But they're definitely they're definitely starting to turn some heads, not not only locally in the national market, but league wide right now. Yep. Especially absolutely. after tonight. Especially after tonight. Yep. Absolutely. All right. Let's get to my third place team, and yep. then I'll get yours. My third place team is the St. Louis Blues. They take a massive drop in my rankings thanks to losing to the Predators. And I've also been hinting at this that I think the Blues are going to eventually be exposed and they're not going to be as good. As people think, I do think that they're a top four team in the division. I don't think they're a they're a scrub, but no. I don't think I don't think they're the best team in this division. I don't. No. And so I'm putting them at number three. All right. Well, I left. I've got Winnipeg at number three. They were at number two last week. Um. Yeah, they dropped down. They've had two wins and two losses in their last four games. So I kind of dropped yeah. them down a little bit. So, um, yeah, I think that's fair. all right. All right, top two for me. Let's. Get, I'm gonna get to it really quick. I've got the Avalanche at number two because I think that they're about to really um, take Open off. 
I really do. I just think I just think that they're they they've figured out a way to stay relevant despite all of their injury bad luck that they've dealt with. Yeah. And even though they're now without Nathan McKinnon for a little bit, they're still they put up seven goals tonight against the they're Vancouver Canucks. Vancouver Canucks are also a mess right now, but still they put up seven goals tonight. I think they're about to really catch fire. And yep. it's only a matter of time before they probably take a stranglehold on this division like they're supposed to do. So I got them at number two, which means I've got the Winnipeg Jets holding strong at number one. I can totally see the Winnipeg Jets and the Colorado Avalanche coming down to the very end of the season to win the division. Yeah, there you go. That's good. Um, so I'm, yeah. I'm guessing – so who's your number one team then? So I had St. Louis at number two. Um, and Winnipeg at number one. Win, uh, Minnesota. Minnesota? One. Oh, my gosh. They're on, a four, so far, they're on a four-game win streak. We are we are so far off. I had Minnesota at number five. We are. I know. It's weird. Uh, uh, four-game winning streak, yeah. I, I guess I'm being really harsh on them. But yeah, it's not – It's yeah, I'm I'm a harsh critic, I guess. I guess yeah, I guess hard, I should though. have them a little further up. Yeah, I had uh I had like the note for St. Louis. It was like, oh, they've lost two of their last four, so I dropped them down, but now it's their last three out of the I last mean, what five. do you what what do you want me to tell you, Rich? They they beat up on poor Arizona last night. Minnesota yeah. did. I mean, it's a win. Four, four it is wins. a win. It's really hard to win in this league, a so I'll give you that. Man. All right, that, that's our week four battle for the Central Division rankings right there. Before we get to Rob Reese interview, I want to get we were to cover one more thing real quick. Rich, who is who has been your top? Give me your top three Preds players who have who have impressed you the most during this road trip. Uh, Matt Duchesne, obviously, um, and a dude. So awesome to see him playing that that well. Um, Saros, um, still on top of his game. And I would say Granlin, Mikhail Granlin, uh, playing well. Um, four assists tonight, that's huge. So how about you? I agree with two of those three. All right. Definitely, awesome. definitely UC Saros, definitely Matt Deshane. And – I mean, honestly, I can't oh. disagree with you either on Mikel Granlin. I mean, he had four assists said, tonight. I should have said Tanner Janot. <laughs> I, I was going to say Tanner Janot, but it's mm-hmm. a, no, it's okay. I mean, hell, how can you overlook a four assist night yeah. from Mikel yeah. Granlin? I go Tanner Tanner Janot in this sense because he is hanging around among the best rookies in the league this year. And he has really risen to the occasion of elevating up into this lineup and being called upon every night. I want to talk about uh, real quick before we get to Rob Reese in our interview with him to round out episode 79. This doesn't show up in the box score, but Tanner Janot made an outstanding power move to hold on to the puck. He looked like Philip Forsberg out there and nearly set up Johansson for a silver platter goal. Uh, oh, yeah. And, I, and it, it took a very good save from Jordan Jordan Bennington to keep that out of the net. But you know, every game is making a very big impact. And so I'm going to go slightly Tanner Jano, but it's not a bad answer to go with Mikael Granlin either. Yeah, but there's Tanner a lot. Knows. There's a lot of players. There, it, it's, it's actually there's a lot of players to choose from here. So uh, it's been a really awesome night. 
Episode yeah. 79 has been so a blast so far, and it's not yeah. ending here. Stay tuned. We've got Rob Reese of NHL.com, Fantasy Editor, Fantasy on Ice Podcast, and regular guest on NHL.com and NHL Network. He is joining us to talk about – he's here to talk about the Preds' start. He's here to talk about fixture fantasy hockey teams, including my own. He's here <laughs> to he, – he's here to – talk about future Stanley Cup odds, who's who's the favorites to win the Stanley Cup, where do the Preds fit in on that list for him. You need to hear about that. He's also talking about the awards race and the rookie race. Where does Tanner Janot fit in on the rookie race? What does he think about that? That's all coming up oh next on episode so 79 of Catfish and Ice. It's been a blast. We will see you for episode 80 next week. Stay tuned for the interview with Rob Reese. That's up next on episode 79, everyone. All right, we're back for Catfish on Ice. This is episode 79 with your host, Chad Mitten. We've got a really outstanding guest joining us, and that is Rob Reese. Uh, fantasy editor for NHL.com, host of the NHL Fantasy on Ice podcast, and he's also a guest on NHL Network. We are so thrilled and honored to have you join us, Rob. How are you doing today, man? Yeah, good to be with you, Chad. Uh, pleasure to be on the show and feeling pretty good today, halfway through the week. You got an awesome uh, background there. Where are you at? What city is that? So this is New York City. I'm at the okay. NHL headquarters right now. And uh, yeah, cool. we switched to a new office a few months ago, so this has been tremendous. What a backdrop. Wow. All right. Well, we got a lot to get into here. Like I said, we have a uh, fancy podcast hockey league going right now. A lot of stakes on the line here. We've got a lot of our loyal listeners who got in on the league. And so they're going to expect you to save their teams. I'm just letting you know, and I'm one of them because my team's in a, in a lot of hurt right now. But we'll save that for the end of the segment. I know that, uh, like I said, you're a fantasy editor for NHL.com. I love your content. I'm, I'm, I can't get enough of it. So the first thing I want to ask you, Rob, today to get this going is, uh, who are some of your top fantasy uh, sleepers right now? Players that are under the radar, maybe players who aren't claimed by a lot of teams or a lot of uh, fantasy owners that um, our uh, our listeners can look for on the waiver wire or free agency for their uh, fantasy hockey teams right now. I would go out and get Phil Deneau of the Los Angeles Kings right now. Uh, LA is just a team, you know, alongside Anaheim that have just been surprising people. I think this year they've played competitive, even in their losses, they're doing pretty well. And Deneau's skating on a really sneaky second line with Alex Iafalo, who's a tremendous wing. I would say Iafalo is probably gone in your fantasy leagues by now, but if he's somehow available, go out and claim him too. Would not hesitate to stack those guys up. But for Deneau, I mean, you can just see what happened to Montreal when he left, right? Like, they've totally gone off the rails. Their offense is looming outside of Nick Suzuki. So Deneau's a guy that, you know, no, he's probably not going to get points every single night. But expect him to finish with around 50 to 55. And he covers hits, too, which is now a standard category in fantasy. Nice. All right, and then to bring it into the Preds perspective here, are there any uh, Preds players floating around out there that uh, Preds fans can uh, want to claim right now? That because you know your UC Soros's, Roman Yossi's, they're claimed obviously, but there's there's got to be some Preds players that are still out there that might might be worth a look. Yeah, I'm really excited by what we've seen from Matt Deshane lately. Uh, he's up to ten points 
so far this season in 12 games, just really good production from him. You know, Deshane's always been a guy I've liked his skill set, but he's been frustrating too over the years. Like when he gets hot, he's hot and looks great for like three or four games. And then he goes off the cliff and doesn't do anything for the next like four or five. But yeah. this season, it looks like he's found that consistency a little bit better. And it's not like it's not a big sample size. I would say, you know, 12 games is good enough. We're at the one-month mark right now. So I would definitely say Matt Deshane's worth picking up. Uh, Mikhail Granlin's another guy I've liked. I liked him when he was with the Minnesota Wild as well. A really skilled player. Just kind of has that same thing with Deshane where, you know, he's hot and he's cold. He's hot and he's cold. But I would pick those two guys up. I think Deshane's the guy I would give priority uh, over Granlin too, but you know, it's funny to kind of look back on that trade when Fiala went to the wild and mm-hmm. Granlin came to Nashville and it's like both players have been adequate, you know, neither I think has been, you know, exceptional, but mm-hmm. definitely right now, I think you're seeing a nice trend with Nashville. They've kind of stabilized things uh, with Roman Yossi with 12 points leading the team. And then you see Soros is a brick wall with like a 925 save percentage. So, you know, as long as they keep that goal support up from the top line, even without Philip Forsberg in the lineup, I think you'll get some value there. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I've got UC Soros on my fantasy team. And uh, what, what really stinks about it is he's asked to do so much. And so he'll have really good nights, but he'll still surrender three or four goals sometimes or two goals. And uh, he, he can't ever get that win that gets you a lot of extra points in a lot of leagues because – uh, he's asking to make so many saves, but uh, uh, let's get into. I want to ask you one other player that a lot of pe- a lot of Preds fans are, are really big fans of right now. He's uh, considered a rookie this year, and that's uh, Tanner Janot. Um, do you know? Do you have a lot of thoughts about him? I know he's got five points. He's kind of in the uh, top ten in uh, NHL rookie points, I believe, right now, or he's somewhere up there. Is he worth a look if you're looking to get deep and maybe steal a player early on in the season who could get better and better as the season goes? Absolutely. You know, it's funny. I actually streamed him last week uh, in a bangers league, which essentially is a league that counts penalty minutes, hits and blocks, along with the additional scoring categories, the standard ones. And I streamed him and I got some production. I think he had a fight uh, in one of those games. So I got the pims from that. Uh, He had a couple hits. He's hitting every game. I mean, this guy is playing like a Tom Wilson Jr. out there, you know, hitting everything in sight. Uh, He's getting some block shots as well. And then, yeah, he was finding the back of the net. For a little bit now I would not expect that scoring pace to continue I'd be mm-hmm. shocked you know if you finish with above like 40 points let's say in his rookie season but if you're in a deeper league if you're in a bangers league I like his ice time too he's around 13 14 minutes a game mm-hmm. for a rookie that's pretty good right so I would say go out and stream him um, I'd rather if I had to pick between like him or maybe a guy in the back end like Ekholm who's done like nothing this year I would almost still rather go with Ekholm just because we have like that bias, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like the last name and the proven player. But yeah, I, I, I like the deeper appeal with the Predators. I just wonder, like, can they really maintain this pace without yeah. Forsberg and mm-hmm. Saros? As you mentioned, like he's playing as good as possible and kind of struggling to win those games. Just needs a little bit more help offensively. So I'm, I'm mm-hmm. paying attention really to what Nashville does uh, prior to the trade deadline this year, like with the central division, I mean, Colorado's got the injury bug again. Yeah. I mean, Nashville has an opportunity if they added a score to probably make the playoffs. Yeah, definitely. 
Yeah, you're always taking a risk when you take a Preds player in fantasy unless it's like Roman Yossi or someone like that just because they are their scoring is very spread out. They don't have one guy that you know is going to get 60 or 70 points this year. But like you said, Duchesne is one of those players that so far is is looking really good. I want to again. We're with Rob Reese, who is uh, uh, on NHL.com fantasy editor, a fantasy on ice podcast. I highly recommend everyone go check out and listen to. And so we're about to get into some of the stuff that they cover on their podcast, including Stanley Cup futures betting, which I'm always into. Kind of give us a, a couple that are kind of sticking out to you right now. A couple teams that are um, really like leading the way as far as uh, best odds to. Uh, claim the cup well florida and vegas was my preseason pick for the stanley cup final i had vegas winning it over florida that's going to age like fine wine i think <laughs> but you're not going to get the value there i mean go i mean look for vegas right now with patches and stone out you might be able to find a decent price on that i, I don't know i mean i, I kind of doubt it vegas is not going to suddenly not like vegas anymore right but yeah. for florida panthers same thing like david exceeded expectations already you're not going to find a price there i would actually look in the eastern conference though a team i do like is the washington capitals the reason why i say that they are ripping up the nhl right now and they are without nicholas backstrom anthony mantha tj Oshie. uh their goalies aren't even playing well vanacek's day-to-day now i mean that team continues to defy all odds yes they're older and you know they have an injury problem but i'd rather have the injury problem right now uh, while they're still winning games, then, you know, Nick Backstrom comes back, the power play gets fixed. So I might put a little future shekel on them. Uh, I'm trying to think of, a, oh, and Edmonton. I, now this one, I think people are going to scoff at because it, yes, it is the Edmonton Oilers, but come on, what we've seen out of Miko Koskinen so far, he looks like the real deal number one that they signed that contract to him a few years ago, right? When everyone was like, oh, we don't like this contract. And then every night, McDavid and Drysad are just ripping it up. And I think from the league's perspective, like how great would it be, even if you're just a casual fan, to watch McDavid oh, yeah. in the second round of the playoffs? And if they get out of the first round, like they're not going to lose, I think, until the Western Conference Finals. So I would probably put something on Edmonton too. Yeah, I think that's a really good one there for sure. You got to think eventually they're going to figure out their playoff problems and, and, and go deep. And this seems like a really good year for them to do that. Uh, what And so what about the Preds? Do you think they've improved their odds at all? I know that you would have to be really, really, really shooting in the dark to, to take them right now. I know you could, could put a – their odds are probably pretty pretty bad. But have they have they improved those odds at all with their – because I think it's they, they're somewhat on to a surprising uh, start. They're doing a little bit better than what a lot of people thought, including myself. They're performing a little bit better. No, I agree, and, and I don't. Like, I thought the Predators, you know, you could kind of label them as boring coming into the season with just on paper. But if you – like, I've watched a few of the games, and I've been impressed from what the product is. It's at least entertaining, and they're at least competitive in almost mm-hmm. every game they play. Uh, you're going to have that when you have UC Soros and Nets. So I would say, yeah, you know, maybe take a little bit of a flyer, at least on them to make the Stanley Cup playoffs. I like that pick. And the reason why I say that is I alluded to it earlier, but the Colorado Avalanche, just keep getting hit with this injury plague. I mean, it happens every year now. Uh, Darcy Kemper has not lived up to his expectations for them, neither in net. Uh, and with Nashville, I guess the only thing that you'd maybe be hoping for is that they are active and David Poyle goes out there and does something prior to the trade deadline, maybe fortifies the offense, uh, maybe brings in another guy on the back end to, to kind of stabilize things, you know, a two-way guy, mm-hmm. you know, a Shane Gossespierre type player, something like that where you just have that little bit more. 
a safety net because you cannot keep relying on Roman Yossi to be the mm-hmm. full-time guy every single night, right? Like he's yeah. a tremendous player, but he's going to get run down if you're sticking him out there 26 minutes per game to rely on not only defensively to keep the puck out of their own end, but also to keep being their leading scorer. For sure. Totally agree there. Uh, and then also we got the awards races going on, early predictions on that as well. I know the Preds got three rookies. We already, already brought up one of them, uh, Tanner Janot. You've got Alex Carrier, uh, who's getting a lot of really big defensive minutes for them. And then you've got Philip Tomasino. I know that neither one of them are probably going to uh, win the Calder Trophy, but kind of give us uh, who's who's standing out in that race, the Calder Trophy race for Rookie well, of the Year. first – I do want to touch on Tomasino because I think if you're in a fantasy keeper or a dynasty league where you're looking at your long-term trajectory, um, oh, they have that goalie prospect too. Uh, how do you pronounce his name? Like Askarov. Yeah. Oh my gosh, he's he's a dynamite prospect as well. But for Tomasino, uh, I've been pleasantly surprised with his game too. I know the points aren't really coming, but I think it's imperative when you are more of an offensive-based rookie to get the playing time to get the experience. And I think mm-hmm. he's got like four points right now. So in keeper and dynasty formats, I'd expect him to be like a 50 point player in the next couple seasons. So keep an eye on him if you're in a really deep league. Uh, but for otherwise, I mean, when you look at Detroit, that's the team that's got the rookies right now. Mo Sider is a tremendous player. And I don't know if this is good or bad, but there's already been some comparisons to him being the next Nick Lidstrom oh, wow. for them. It's definitely a little bit early, I think to throw that name around. Right. But Still, when you look at what they've been able to do, just those two players, Cider and Lucas Raymond, too. Yeah. I mean, holy moly. If, I don't know about you guys, but the, 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 the bill was so high for Alexis Lafreniere, for Jack Hughes, for Capo Caco, right? The past few years, these rookie forwards have been projected to be elite goal scorers. Well, that's not really happened. And now we're seeing Lucas Raymond uh, kind of doing what we thought those guys yeah. were going to do the past few years, right? He's skating on the top line there. It's either going to be Larkin or Fabry playing center. And then Tyler Bertuzzi, when this guy's in the lineup, is one of the best players in the league this year. He looks like he's just, like, stronger, faster. I mean, he's like, I don't know what happened to this guy, but he's playing lights out. So, for rookie races, I think Lucas Raymond's a really, sure. really safe bet. And then Mo Sider. I mean, when you're a defenseman that can put points up like that, too, uh, you've got a really good shot at winning the Calder, a la Quinn Hughes, you know, Bowen Byram types. And like you said, they're playing so many vital minutes for that team. They're going to keep getting that opportunity to 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 keep getting that production up there. Yeah, I'm seeing Lucas Raymond with 14 points in 14 games. That's just what what, what a start for his uh, rookie season. All right, let's let, let's get you out of here with this. Again, we've had Rob Reese with us. He's been so kind enough to take time out of the schedule to come on our podcast. We can't thank him enough for that. Uh, so. Since I'm the host, I'm going to ask you to look at my team. I'm just going for it. Going for it right now. Here's a You want to talk about the Colorado Avalanche being in a world of hurt with injuries? Let's talk about my fantasy hockey team. I took Nikita Kucherov with my first pick. I took Mark Stone with my second pick. I've got Phil Forsberg on my team. I've already dropped uh, Luke Hughes. Or is it, I get the Hughes brothers mixed up. Which one Jack? plays for New Jersey? Jack, yeah, Jack. Jack, all right, Jack. Jack. I, I dropped Jack Hughes because I, I had, I, I ran out of injury reserve spot, so I had to like <laughs> drop somebody. So like, here's who I got, man. I got, I got Kopitar. I got Ben. I've got Tom Wilson. I've got Haskinen. Um, I've got Soros and Demko and Net. 
Is there any hope for me? Should I just go ahead and drop Kucherov and just cut my losses? Or do you think I should stash him away on IR and wait for him to come back? You will be fine if you can make it at least until Mark Stone comes back and Stone okay. has been skating. He, I read from a reporter there that he looks as fast as ever, his shots as hard as ever. Uh, that's going to be really good. Now, the important thing for you and anyone else, because this is not an uncommon situation, uh, is just to hold on and try and get wins in your weekly matchups until these big guys come back. Because when Mark Stone comes back, you'll be fine. When Kucherov, if you can wait that long, comes back, you'll be even better. And then your team's going to be really well suited for the fantasy playoffs when Jack Eichel's suiting up for the Vegas Golden Knights, right? So I would say yeah. this. Instead of having two Dallas Stars on your roster, I'd probably cut bait with Jamie Benn. Uh, you already have 10 times the player in Tom Wilson in terms of category coverage. So I'd probably say maybe look to cut a guy out like Jamie Benn or for, for anyone else too that has like maybe a winger that is on a team that just can't score like Dallas. And this is not new for Dallas, by the way. This has been going on the last few years now. I would say I would always prioritize to drop a guy like that. And then when you hit the waiver wire, look to add someone from a team like the Florida Panthers, uh, a team like the Edmonton Oilers, uh, like Evan Bouchard's a name, like on the back end, like just someone that, yeah, they might not be scoring every night, but you know, at least like two games a week, they're going to be, you know, in the assist column at worst. And then they're going to have a plus plus minus, uh, and then probably like a few shots and a few hits. So I would look to get rid of the kind of boring uh, team players and, and kind of upgrade to the uh, tried and true Florida Panthers, Hurricanes, you know, that kind of team. Nice. All right. I hope all of our listeners just heard that. I'm coming for you. I've got the, I've got the secret advice now <laughs> and I'm coming for you. And this isn't even, this isn't even live yet. So I've got time to prepare. So thank you for that, Rob Reese. Really appreciate it. This has been a lot of fun. This has been Rob Reese of NHL.com Fantasy Editor, NHL Fantasy on Ice podcast as well. And also, he's a regular guest on NHL Network. It's been a blast. It's been so much fun. Thanks for joining us, Rob. This has been Episode 79 of Catfish and Ice. We appreciate everyone joining us. We'll see you later on this week, everyone. <laughs>